You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 30. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today we're going to talk about how to keep going when it just seems like nothing is working. Like it seems like everything you try is just so slow and you have this constant thought in your mind of like, is this worth it? Should I keep going or should I quit or should I try something new? We're going to talk about all of that in today's episode. So my guest is Susan Dangerfield and she has been coaching. She coached herself. We'll kind of talk about that process as she went through her own fitness transformation and now she's coaching other women to be able to do the same. And we dive really deeply into this idea of how to keep going, how to find that motivation, how to to really see the process as a process and start to enjoy it so that you continue on regardless of how fast you're seeing that progress. I think that Susan has some really great tips and and some mindset shifts that may help you if you are one of those people who is currently feeling like, gosh, I'm putting so much effort in and I'm getting so little results out, I don't know what to do. I'm getting discouraged. I'm feeling like this isn't worth it. And you're kind of wondering what's the next step. Well, we go deep into that in this in this episode. And so I really hope that you'll come away with some new ideas of how to manage this process, of how to manage your emotions through this process, and how to get to the end result that you want. Because here's a little hint. You're never going to get there by giving up. You're never going to get there by quitting. That's never going to be the solution. So we talk about how you can continue to put in the time and put in the effort and reap the results that you actually want in this process. Now, before we dive into the interview, I do want to do a quick ask of you. If you enjoy this episode, will you please send it to somebody, maybe somebody who's on their own fitness journey, who may be struggling with not seeing results as fast as they want, send it to them. I'm hoping that this can make it to the people who really need it because I know that there are some of you in the trenches right now. Like This is going to speak so deeply to you and where you're at in this process right now. And if there's someone else that you know that could benefit from it, please, please, please share it with them. I would love that. Now, without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Susan Dangerfield. All right. I'd like to welcome Susan Dangerfield to the podcast. Hey, Susan, how are you? Hi, Amber. It's so good to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm super excited to dive into this topic because when I when I emailed Susan and I was asking her about topics because I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast and I was kind of trying to think, what could Susan talk about that would be super relevant to my audience? And this topic... I think like we hit it, <laughs> like we nail yes. it. I'm so excited for what you have to say because I know this is a question for a lot of people. I agree. Awesome. So, okay, let's just like, we're going to dive in and 
some of my audience may know you, some of them may not. So for those who haven't heard of you before, can you just kind of give us a little bit of background, who you are, what do you do, how do you help women? Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, my name is Susan Dangerfield. I'm uh, 36. I have uh, four kids. They're ages 14 down through eight. My youngest is almost eight. Um, So I grew up in Utah and I met my husband at college at BYU. And uh, after graduating, we moved to Arizona and we've lived in the North Phoenix area for like the last 14 years. And I've been a stay-at-home mom for the past 14 years as well. And now I'm also a certified personal trainer through NASM, and I have a nutrition certification through Precision Nutrition. Uh, you know, for the fa- past couple years, I've been an online coach and trainer. I create custom workouts for clients as well as like macro and nutrition guidance. But I feel like the thing that I spend most of my time doing in regards to my job is behavior coaching and helping people find ways to actually be successful in reaching their fitness goals. Because I know, you know, a plan is no good if they can't stick to it. Yep. So helping clients to create a plan that works for them is a big part of what I do. And I sometimes feel like a therapist. I'm sure you relate Mm -hmm. in your own experience coaching others, but that's like a big part of it is not just giving them a plan, but like then helping them get through it and figure out how to make it work for them. Oh gosh. Yes. And that's one of the reasons, like when I started my podcast, that is like one of my big focuses because it's what I've realized too, coaching women that like, I can give you all the how to's and the science and like all that stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's what you are talking about in your head and like whether you're able to consistently apply it that actually determines your success. And so I know, oh my goodness, it's everything. It's everything. Yes, it is. Yeah. So tell me how, how did you get started with fitness? Was this something that like you grew up doing or was it kind of later in your life? What does that look like? Okay. So it's definitely later in my life. I have kind of like a weird story, I feel like, but I used to be an elementary school teacher. I have a degree from BYU in elementary education. I taught for a couple years, fifth grade. Um, You know, uh, once I started having kids, I switched gears to being a stay-at-home mom and I really dived into that. I was very into Pinterest type stuff when that came out and I loved throwing birthday parties and doing all the cutesy things. I was really into that. That faded over time. However, I started to get worn out, (laughs) but um, you know, I never was into fitness when I was younger or through all my time having kids. In fact, when I first got married, my husband was wanting to get into a gym routine and we got memberships at a Gold's Gym in Provo, like many, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And we paid a ton of money on like a year long contract and we went like five times. Mm. So I just didn't know what I was doing when I went there. And I felt like I was just trying to like pass the time when I got in there and couldn't wait to leave. So I, you know, I later dabbled here and there in running because it seemed like everyone was doing that and it was like the cool thing to do. I, I ran a few half marathons, not super fast, but I was like a proud finisher. Um, you know, after I had my last child, you know, my eating habits were just really cruddy. I was eating way too much, like for my body size. I'm, you know, I'm a pretty small person. I just didn't exhibit like any self-control with my food intake. And I loved eating multiple bowls of ice cream, cereal. I rarely ate fruits or veggies, like second helpings almost always at dinner. I, anyway, I just never had, I never had really great eating habits or exercise habits earlier in my adulthood, but it definitely just kind of got worse and worse over time. And it would come in waves. So I'd start to feel bad about it. And I do lots of yo-yoing with my attempts at any consistent exercise or reigning in the eating. And I just didn't have a whole lot of middle ground or moderation with with these areas of my life, with anything fitness or nutrition related. Um, You know, I finally had enough when I 
just, I just wasn't recognizing myself in pictures anymore. I always had been a really small, pretty petite person. And then as I, you know, after, you know, I'm looking at like three years after my last kid. So it wasn't like it was a baby weight thing or something where I was giving myself a hard time about that. I really didn't care at that point, but I just, I just had put on a lot of weight and I didn't have any consistent healthy habits. So I also had just been going through some really pretty serious periods of anxiety and I was finally being treated medically, but my doctor really recommended that I focus on getting more active with a regular exercise routine to help as well. So anyway, at that time I was following Kayla at Cenus on Instagram and she's this cute energetic personal trainer from Australia. Maybe, you know, maybe a good number of your listeners know about her, but she's a really pop, she's a really popular workout program geared towards women. And I was intrigued by her program because it wasn't just a cardio or race prep plan, which is all I'd really ever done before. And it also wasn't like a scary bodybuilding plan that completely intimidated me. Mm-hmm. Like bodybuilding.com was not interesting too far. to me. At, <laughs> no, I'm like, no way. Anyway, so her workout plan was definitely like high intensity with lots of plyometric jumping moves, but also involved push-ups and body body weight and dumbbell squats, like overhead pressing, you know, weighted walking lunges. Uh, And I like the idea of actually using weights and my body weight to do more than just my typical cardio only plan that I was always used to doing. And so, you know, and also I like that I could do it from home without much equipment. And so lots of girls were getting posted on Kayla's Instagram with like real life progress photos of what they had done. And most of these women had their own fitness focused Instagram pages. Um, You know, a lot of, mostly a lot of other stay at home moms, you know, that I was following and they did that to help them stay accountable and to find others doing the same program. So to have a sense of community. Anyway, I started, I decided to start Kayla's program because it was like cute and it came on a pink PDF and I was like, oh, I can do this. Anyway. (laughs) So I, I worked on that. I started and per her workout plan instructions, she recommends taking progress photos every four weeks. So at about eight weeks in, I decided, you know, I had, I had a couple sets of progress photos and I decided I wanted to start like a fitness focused Instagram page and post my progress photos. And it was like the scariest thing to do that. But the fact that I had put my progress out there and planned to continue sharing my journey. And I was connecting with people on, you know, through Instagram that was doing similar, going along the similar path that I was, it was just so helpful to me to stay accountable on and on track, something that I had never really experienced before. I always kind of felt like I was on my own and just couldn't stick with it. So anyway, I tried to post daily on this Instagram page about what I was eating or about my workouts. I would share progress photos and when I was about 20 weeks into the program, you know, I had, I had notably changed my body. I had lost about 12 to 15 pounds. I could, you know, kind of see a little tiny baby bicep, which when I, at the time I was really proud of when I look back, I'm like, I don't think that was a bicep, but that's okay. Um, but Kayla, she shared my progress on her page. And it was at that point that a lot more people connected with me on my account because they found me there. Anyway, I continued to share about my journey like throughout. Um, and this Instagram account that I have today is that same account. So you can scroll all the way back to the beginning in 2015, where I shared my eight week progress photos that were initially posted. And it's just crazy to me. Like all along the way, I realized that, you know, I really did want more for my fitness goals. It definitely started as a weight loss goal and to just get control of like 
my habits. Like I just wanted to not feel so out of control with my eating and my exercise attempts. Um, but you know, over time I decided I wanted to switch gears. I definitely wanted to focus more on muscle growth. I transitioned eventually to a more traditional weight training and bodybuilding.com doesn't scare me anymore, which is good (laughs) anyway. And I also decided that I wanted to start, you know, studying to be a personal trainer because it interested me so much. And you know, the whole thing has just been an awesome ride. So I never was into fitness before. And now it's like, a huge part of my life and it's just crazy. That's awesome. So for all of you guys who are listening, who are like, it's too late. I'm in my (laughs) thirties or I'm in my sixties or whatever, (laughs) like snap out of it. It's never, ever, ever too late to make an improvement. It's never too late. I know. And I didn't really start anything that lasting until I think, I guess it was when I was like 32. So, um, yeah. And it's not, it's not too late. Start even later than that. And that's fine. That's right. I have women who are like, I've never exercised before. And they're like in their sixties and they freaking do it. And they like dive in and like, it's never too late. It's never too late. Your body can do so much more than we think it can, Yeah, you know? So yeah. So during that, like this, this fitness journey that you've been on, like since you started your Instagram account, um, talk to us a little bit about some of the lessons that you learned over the years. Yeah. So I'd say like, there's three things that really like stand out to me as like these, you know, lessons that I've learned through this, you know, my own fitness journey. And number one would be that progress isn't, you know, linear. And I know you talk about this on your page quite a bit and probably on your podcast, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, when I was like in the throes of fat loss initially, I didn't see changes every week, even if I was like super on track with my eating and workout plan. So I couldn't even blame it on like, Oh, I overeat over the weekend. You know, it's like, I would be super on track and I'm like, well, how come nothing's changing? So, but I learned that I just couldn't be reactive to the scale. So I, you know, I couldn't, I needed to just plug on with my plan as usual and give it more time. And along with that, I had to be focused really on enjoying that process outside of just seeking physical change. You know, I ended up learning a lot about myself and the type of training that I truly enjoyed through this process, um, as well as I developed a true interest in increasing my knowledge of what I was doing and not just blindly following a plan. So like really enjoying that process process and realizing that the progress, the physical progress isn't going to be apparent every day or every week, you know, it's going to take some time. And then I'd say the second, you know, lesson that I learned is that fat loss is hard. (laughs) You know, surprisingly, I had hoped that it wouldn't be so difficult. And I think that, you know, because like I told you, I was kind of really started my fitness journey, like through Instagram, you know, following people on Instagram and getting motivation that way. I I felt like I was seeing so many people that seemed to show that it was so easy for them. And even though, you know, I wasn't tracking macros very much in the beginning, I was tracking calories very consistently to ensure that I was keeping my food intake in check because I knew that was important. And even though, you know, someone might try to convince others that they are losing fat and never hungry, I found that this is almost never reality. And people don't tend to share those down periods of dieting. And even when you're, even when you're flexible dieting and including treats here and there, and you're having lots of veggies and protein and you're sleeping plenty and you're drinking water and you're doing like all those tricks for staying full and they definitely help. You'll still find yourself hungry, you know, here and there along the way. And it kind of surprised me to realize that this is normal. So, um, I'd say the third lesson I learned was that I surprisingly was capable of being consistent. Mm. Um, even though I had never been before and I found that I really had to change my language and my self-talk. So 
I had to like literally push to convince myself that I was capable of sticking with a plan for longer than two weeks. And I think maybe like my record to that, you know, up to this, up to that point where I really got things going finally was like maybe three weeks I would stick to a plan and then I just didn't do it at all. So, you know, part of this was realizing that consistency didn't mean perfection. You know, I just had to be consistent enough to keep seeing progress. And then if my, you know, if my ship steered or started to steer steer off course, I needed to ride it as quickly as possible and not like waiting for days or weeks to get back on track, but like immediately get things back in place. And I found that I could keep going if I didn't dwell on the worry that I was going to quit and you know, finding a plan and a mental approach that was sustainable for me that I knew I could do for more than just a short period of time, you know, was key for me. And I'm, and for anyone really that's wanting long-term, you know, fat loss success. Yeah. So yeah, those three things I'd say are probably the biggest things that stand out to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I want to go back and reiterate what you said in number one, because I think this is such a key that so many people haven't figured out. And that is what you said about enjoying the process. If yeah. you are only in this and the sole reason you're in it is just for fat loss or weight loss, you're not going to be able to get there and be consistent because right. like what what is going to happen once you hit get your goal? Like once you get yeah. your goal, like what what do you do now? Right. If you've developed a love for the process and you've developed a love of exercise and you've developed developed a love of like fueling your body well, then that's going to continue to sustain you towards that goal. And then even once you hit it beyond into like whatever is next for you. Um, And so really getting to that place where you're like, I wake up and I go to the gym because I love it. And because I love how it makes me feel. And regardless of whether or not it produces weight loss, like I love it. And so I'm going to keep doing it. I agree. And I mean, that was like the, and and I had to remind myself too, that the initial reason of why I really wanted to start this process was one to, you know, to control, like my anxiety was a big part of it. And two was to find, like finally be consistent. I Mm. hated that I was so inconsistent with everything that I had tried. I was Mm -hmm. like, I just wanted to feel in control, Mm -hmm. like control of my ability to, you know, monitor my own healthy habits and to do that, you know, for life. And so I felt like, because I, you know, really, strive to enjoy that process and find a fit that worked for me, then it's something that I can keep up forever. Yeah. Which I love. And here, and here's a news flash too. You may not like it at the beginning. Like, right. It may not be fun. You may be doing it and you may be forcing yourself to do it and it may not be enjoyable. And I think so often people dive into this process and they think this isn't fun. And so then they just quit. And I guarantee you the fun comes down the road. So like you have to push through that initial discomfort because it's something new and it's something unusual and you're pushing your body. Like that's not very fun, but I promise you if you stick with it, the fun comes and it becomes enjoyable and it becomes something you look forward to. And it becomes something that like, I can't imagine going a week without working out because it, it's just a part of who I am and what I enjoy and what I love. Yes. I'm like nodding my head profusely right now. I so agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to dive into a little bit, and I think you do a a really good job of this on Instagram is showing the speed of progress. Because like you said, so often we, we look at these pictures on Instagram and we double tap it and we're like, here's this four week transformation. And Mm -hmm. you're like, 
what the heck? Like I've been doing this four weeks and I look nothing like that. Like what? Am, and then here's the thing. And this is because we're women and it drives me nuts that we do this. Then yeah. we think something is wrong with us. Like I we know. immediately come back and we say, well, what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just being happy for someone else too. And then just going about our own and working right. on our own we thing. We tend to always compare. Turn it into yeah. internal. Like, why aren't you we saying do. what's wrong with her? <laughs> I know. That's like, so don't, true. Don't internalize that. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's a, like a topic for another day. So I know but, it's another podcast. But you're you're great at talking about the speed of transformation because it wasn't fast for you. It has no. been a progress. It's been years until you've been able to reach the point that you're at. So can yes. you talk a little bit about that speed and and what kept you going through that process if you weren't seeing the scale drop every single week? Okay. So, you know, I'd say like during the process of it, it definitely felt slow. And, you know, even though I was overall enjoying the process, you know, understanding there are definitely down days and down weeks where I just wasn't feeling it. Um, you know, some days were really hard. I wanted to stop trying, you know, other days I felt on top of the world and like everything was going great, you know, and it definitely comes in waves with how you feel your progress is coming along. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I guess when it comes to the speed of someone's progress, it's really best to think of that like, you know, and I think this gets reiterated uh, a lot online, but is that the time is going to pass regardless. Mm -hmm. So might as well be actively pursuing goals and taking daily actions to get you there. So, you know, that, that way a year from now, you're going to look back and, you know, be pleased with the success that you've accomplished and that the way, and the way you've spent that time, instead of being like, why didn't I just do something, you know? Mm -hmm. And especially since, you know, I found, you know, especially, you know, assuming, it went, especially like we were talking about the speed of progress. I think a lot of the time we're referring to fat loss. I know that's a big one for mm-hmm. most people trying to work on, at least in the beginning. And, you know, especially since food intake is so crucial for fat loss, I had to remind myself that I, I'm going to need to eat every day anyway. Mm-hmm. So I might as well make good choices. So in mm-hmm. other words, like everyone takes time out of their day to eat. And I found that just being a little more conscious of my portions and logging that in an app wasn't as time consuming as some might make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it was very doable and that small investment, you know, paid off big time, like to actually finally get me to a comfortable weight and really like spring forward my fitness journey to focus on more than just fat loss, you know, cause at some point that's not going to be your only focus, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the bottom line is I realized that the speed of my progress or the timeline that I might've tried to set up for myself just wasn't important. Like the progress would come. Mm-hmm. I just had to focus on the actions that would get me there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And, and for all of you listening, if you think fat loss is slow, try building muscle. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. I know. An even slower process right now. It's an even slower process, but super fun. It's like a different, super fun. different beast, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> totally fun. Well, and I want to reiterate something that you said too. And that was that when you were in the middle of it, the process felt slow. And I think that this is such an important takeaway point for people is that whatever the speed of your progress is, matters so much less than what your interpretation of whether that's a good speed or not. Right. And so when I say that, I mean that like your interpretation of saying that's not fast enough 
is your interpretation of it. And that matters way more than actually how fast the progress is going. And so I think when we can set very realistic expectations, and I don't think social media helps with that because it doesn't Mm -hmm. always help you with realistic expectations. (laughs) But Uh if we start with realistic expectations and we look at our progress and we change that thought of, oh my gosh, this is so slow, why isn't going faster? And we change it to, Oh, look, like this is going slow. That uh, That's awesome because it means that this is going to be sustainable. And this is like yes. going to be the last time I do it. So when we exactly. can change the way that we interpret a situation, it changes everything and it, and it helps continue to go. Because how is that helping you of saying my progress is so slow? How is, how is right. that motivating? It doesn't at all. Like, <laughs> that's so I feel like it's that self-talk and like just your attitude going into it like changes a lot of Everything. your ability to really keep going. Everything. Like it sounds superficial and like, oh, that's cheesy. Like that's not really the important part, but like that is what drives you. Like you yep. need to have a positive and like realistic, uh, you know, expectations and attitude about the whole thing. So Yes. Oh, so, so, so much. So yeah. then what <laughs> made you go from like having your own fitness transformation you know, following somebody else's program to then wanting to coach other people and like walk other people through that process. So, you know, I, I, I've actually never had a coach or trainer myself. Um, and I kind of, I'm kind of a self-starter. I tend to like to figure things out myself and figure out like the needed resources to get me there. I'm, I'm an introvert. I definitely, you know, just kind of want to do it myself and I'm a little stubborn. Mm-hmm. And even though I started following, you know, definitely set exercise programs, I didn't ever try to create my own. Cause if I did, I would have been really unsuccessful, I think, and all over the place. But I did like to create my own like path of exercise. So because I know myself, you know, better than someone else knows me, I just wanted to be the one to drive the bus and figure it out myself. And, um, I can be, you know, I, I just, I realized through this though, that because I was posting my own, you know, I posted my own personal ups and downs on my Instagram, you know, as I was trying to figure this stuff out and I would get more and more questions from others, like wanting advice and to help in starting their own fitness journeys. And I always looked at it like, well, I, I don't know, you know, like I'm not an expert. I don't know, you know, but they wanted help, like just like some accountability. They wanted maybe just someone to talk to, to like troubleshoot their own progress and maybe why it wasn't moving. Um, you know, I was just, I was only really able to share my own personal experiences, at least from the, you know, in the beginning and just some general thoughts since I didn't have any like certifications at that point to provide more help. But through this process, I learned that a lot of people thrive off of others providing accountability and being a teammate for them. So even though that wasn't like a key part for my personal transformation, um, it's, it's really important for a lot of people. And so I realized that I could be helpful to others as I went through my own, my own transformation myself. And since I already loved the process, I loved learning more. I opted to get more education and to go through study courses for personal training and nutrition so that I could actually turn it into a job that I love, which I do. It's like awesome. That is so sweet. I love it. Yeah. yeah and, and, and like it, there is something about being able to do the process yourself first and mm-hmm. then be able to um, take other people through the process yes. as well. And even though all of our experiences are different, like just because I, you know, went through my own journey doesn't mean that someone else is going to be really similar to mine. But I feel like some, a lot of the mental parts of it can be very, uh, you know, a lot, there's definitely a lot of overlap with how other people would be feeling and the struggles that might pop up. And it does help that I, you know, kind of went through my you own. 
something. Yeah. And I didn't grow up in fitness. I, I definitely have a lot of people come to me, you know, clients that are like, I've never exercised before. And like you were mentioning, and mm-hmm. it's like, neither did I, you know, mm-hmm. like you can totally do this. Let's start small and we'll make progress and it'll be awesome. And let's find a good fit for you. So yeah, that's awesome. yeah I love the process of helping and coaching others. Have you read Gretchen Rubin's, um, better than before? No, I book? haven't. Okay, so anybody who hasn't listened or listened or read to that book, I highly, highly suggest it. Um, she talks about four different personalities, four tendencies is what she calls them. And there is an upholder, a questioner, uh, obliger, and a rebel. And so people, you fit, you'll find that you fit into one of these four categories. And the reason I bring this up is because the obliger is somebody who responds very well to external accountability. Like Mm -hmm. they will go running if their friend is expecting them to go running, but if they're just saying, I'm going to go running themselves, they won't end up doing it. And so I think when people read that book, you'll very quickly self-identify with one of the four tendencies. And if you are an obliger, using that to your advantage and doing something like hiring a coach or getting a like friend on board or something, providing that external accountability can be so motivating, particularly for that, those people who identify as obligers. Right. I love that. I need to read that book. So so better than before. Better than before. Gretchen Rubin. Okay, yeah, we'll I'll link it up in the show notes well, as well. I definitely am not an obliger. I must be one of those other ones. Uh, you probably you probably are an upholder. That I don't know. I'm an upholder. I'll read the book and Shocker. I'll let you know. <laughs> For <laughs> anybody who's read the book, they could peg me as an upholder from like a mile away. Oh, that's um, funny. <laughs> but a lot of people, the, the most common ones tend to be questioner and obliger. So those are okay. the most common. And then upholder and rebel are kind of on the outskirts. But Ooh, cool. a, a, excellent, excellent book. I, I really, really love that one. Awesome. Um, okay, so... In your opinion, you've coached lots of women. You've coached lots of people through this process. What is the defining difference between somebody who is successful and somebody who ends up not being successful? Okay. So I thought that would actually be a hard, like first read it. And I was like, huh. And then two, and within two seconds, I was like, no, I know what it is. The difference between, you know, typically a successful client and someone who really struggles is their attitude and their self-talk. And we mm-hmm. kind of already started mentioning this, but so clients who come to me with like a negative outlook and they have very little hope that anything will work for them. You know, they tend to like in their packet, the list, all these past experiences of what they've already tried and what didn't work. And you know, it's like a long list, you know? Um, anyway, and I find that those people struggle a lot more than those that are like ready, willing, and able to put in place the changes needed to get them to their goals. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned before that like coaching and training others has a very heavy lean towards feeling like a therapist. (laughs) And usually, you know, before we can even see much progress, we have to work on the mental side of things and figure out why someone feels so down about ever seeing any change. And I think what happens is that those types of attitudes lead to feeling like a victim. And I know you've mentioned this uh, in your progress before. Yes. They, they tend to blame others or things that seem out of their control for why they can't make progress. But when someone comes in confident and ready, they assess their environment, they talk to their family and friends, and they make it a priority to get systems in place for success. And it just, just makes worlds of difference. And I've seen people come to me with these negative attitudes and kind of, I mean, they're obviously have some hope or they wouldn't be hiring me, but it's 
it's just, they come in just really down. Like, you know, like, I just don't think this is going to work. I don't know if I can stick to this or just whatever it is, but I have seen that you can change that. Like just because you may have an, a yes. past experiences that have been ma- made you believe that you aren't capable of, you know, putting in action the things that need to happen. It doesn't mean that that can't happen for you. I mean, that was kind of my own experience. I wasn't necessarily negative about it, but I, I just never made it a priority. And I find that once we just kind of find those like low lying fruits, like those little things that you can start doing and enacting on a day-to-day basis, that once we get that and just get even a little progress moving, that things snowball and their attitude changes and they start realizing, oh my goodness, I can do this. And it's awesome. Yeah. You can either play the victim or you can get results Yes, and you can't do both. You cannot do both. You can't play the victim <laughs> and expect that results are going to happen. And uh, I I reiterate that a lot in this podcast and a lot in my coaching that mm-hmm. like once you step into the power of owning your choices yes. and recognizing that every single thing that you do in your life is a choice and it's you and only you that gets to make that choice. Now you are in a very good position to create results and changes in your life. But if you're someone right. who just wants to play the victim and you want to say that it's because I'm 60 years old, or you want to say that it's because I have hypothyroidism, or you want to say mm-hmm. it's because I have no time for myself, you're playing the victim and you're never going to be able to see the results. You can only, right. you can either be the victim or you can get results. Girl, you can't have both. Agreed. We have so much more control over, well, we have all the control over actions really. And so it's just, but it's hard, I think in our head to realize that. Yes. So hard. Yep. Um, so, so let's, t- let's give some like really tangible takeaway thoughts for people who are listening and they're saying, you know, my, my journey is slow or I've started and I've stopped a bunch of times and I'm, I'm really struggling to develop this consistency that you're talking about. How can listeners keep going if they feel like their progress is slow or they feel like nothing is changing? Okay. This is like my favorite part of coaching, I think is, is helping them see change and helping them figure out how to get change. So I'd say there's three parts to this. So first I would assess if things are actually changing and you just don't think they are. Mm, so yes. Oh, can we talk you, about this? <laughs> yes. I, that was like the first thing that popped in my head. I was yes. like, oh, someone's saying nothing's changing. I almost never believe them. Right. So if you are only, first of all, if you are only tracking scale weight and nothing else for progress monitoring, then you just can't say that nothing is changing. Yes. So first you need to be sure that you're taking progress photos. And like I said, when we're talking about progress, I'm assuming we're talking about fat loss because mm-hmm. otherwise we may be looking at high, kind of a whole different thing, but be sure you're taking progress photos before be sure you're taking, taking measurements, you know, every two to four weeks. And even if you aren't working with a coach and it's just for you do it anyway. So if scale weight isn't moving, but measurements are, or you see change in your photos or fit of clothes, then keep going. I mean, I've had clients that are, their scale weight isn't moving, but their measurements and photos are changing actually pretty dramatically, which is weird. And it's not expected all the time, but sometimes they still don't believe it. Like they'll be like, I don't understand why I'm not seeing progress. And I have to put photos side by side Mm -hmm. and make a cute little photo collage for them. (laughs) I send it to them and I say, look, you know, and I point out specifics of what I'm seeing. And I also try to get them to kind of focus on other aspects of than just progress. Cause we can get Mm -hmm. so dived into that, that we, 
that's the only thing we're focusing on. We're forgetting about just enjoying it and finding training varieties that we enjoy. And anyway, that's a whole other thing. But mm-hmm. so, but monitoring your progress in a variety of ways to make sure that you're really seeing change. Um, so we like to have proof that what we're doing is worth it and that it's working. And mm-hmm. so I totally get that, especially when you're dieting, it's a sacrifice. And mm-hmm. if your efforts aren't being fruitful, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to give yourself all the info that you can with progress monitoring. So not just scale and in- to ensure that things are actually moving along. And then um, I'd say the second part of this would be realizing that it takes longer than a few days or a week or a few weeks to sometimes see change. Mm -hmm. So you really need to give it time. So weight loss can sometimes drop suddenly, but fat doesn't. Mm -hmm. So fat burns off slowly and gradually over time. And I like to think of an analogy that Sohi Lee, another trainer and coach that I really love, that she shared about the paper towel analogy. Mm -hmm. So if you have a large roll of paper towels... And you, you know, start taking off layers, you really won't notice that the size is shrinking until you get a much bigger chunk of layers off. So it's just an analogy to show that time it takes time and patience and you won't see the change right away, even though there is change. So, and then lastly, um, I'd say that the number one reason that someone might actually be stalled, but like I said, a lot of times we think we're stalled, we're not actually. But if someone is actually stalled in their progress, I think the biggest reason is BLTs. And I know you've mentioned this mm-hmm. on your Instagram, and it's very popular on Instagram, but BLTs, those extra bites, licks, and tastes that tend to increase as we try to diet. So like, you really need to audit your daily behaviors. Are you going back for bites of seconds at dinner? Are, you know, like sometimes, you know, like we'll eat our one plate of food or we've measured out and like really been careful and tracked the amount of food for dinner. And, and then as we're putting away leftovers, we take a few more bites, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, or are you snagging a chicken nugget or a few fries off your kids or husband's plate? Are you, you know, just having like a bite of a donut or a cookie, but not accounting for it? Are you licking the knife off the peanut butter without having measured it out? So if you're doing those things, then you really need to rein it in. And most of the time, just doing that little change can get things moving again. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm an upholder. So yeah. bites, listen, taste, like I don't uh-huh. do them because I'm an upholder. Right. For those of you who haven't listened to the book or heard the book, upholders are like strict rule followers, like uh-huh. hand in the air. Like that is how my personality works. It's like, I'm a strict rule follower. Like if that's the rule, then like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break it. And yes. so bites, slips and takes for like, for me is like not anything I deal with, but most right. people aren't upholders. Most people are questioners where they're like, yes. well, what about this situation? Yeah. Uh-huh. This makes it a it difference. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. And, and you'll so, try to get away with as much as possible. Exactly. And then wonder why nothing's changing. Yes. You know. <laughs> so I, I'm telling you, if you haven't read this book, like go read this book. It really changed my perspective. One about like my own life, but also to how to coach other people. Because not everybody is an upholder like me. And that like actually really blew my mind that not everybody was like me. Like right? I know. shocker. <laughs> I know. I know. It I kind of rocked my world. The same way. It's taken some time to like really figure out how to communicate with other people that aren't like me. Right. You know, yep. but if they were like me, well, they probably went behind your coach because exactly. I didn't really want a coach. So I have to remember that everyone I'm working with. They're not like me. Mm-hmm. Like they have, we all have little differences and we all have different ways that we stay driven and disciplined and mm-hmm. we have different struggles and it's kind of takes a different process for everybody. Yeah. Awesome. So are there any tips that you <laughs> give your, your clients on uh, how to work through those moments of impatience? Yes. So, um, you know, two big things come to mind. Uh, first, 
why do you want this? So as Mm. mentioned before, you know, fat loss is hard. So if you don't have a clear reason and motivation behind your actions, then you'll very likely quit along the way. And so laying out like a deeper reason behind the idea of, I want to lose weight than just so I can look better. Although that's, you know, that's a goal in of itself, but it's also very subjective and, um, it's helpful to really get at what drives someone. So it might come down to someone feeling like they need to really prove to themselves that they can accomplish a goal and follow through, mm-hmm. or it might be that they feel like they've lost control with their daily actions. and They want to rein that in. And for me, that was a big reason is wanting to improve my own fitness and healthier weight management. And it came down to my lack of control. I felt like I had completely lost control of the aspect of my life. And although like looking healthier and more fit, was an awesome side goal and a great perk that I definitely wanted as well. It was more that I really, really wanted to feel fit and in control of my daily actions around food and my drive, you know, to be more active. So if you have a clear why and a reminder of why this process is worth it to you, then you'll be more successful at pushing through and, you know, patience is really, really needed. Mm. And then second, um, you know, finding what you love about the process itself. So because it takes time, if you dread this process and it's just not going to last long enough to even get to the results. So making sure that my clients have a plan in place that is reasonable and actually doable for them that allows their favorite foods that allows some eating out that doesn't involve being in the gym for two to three hours a day, unless that's just like their favorite thing ever. You know, these are areas that can often be tweaked to get someone having progress while also still enjoying their life. And then coming out of the other end with new, you know, established healthy habits that can allow them to maintain that transformation forever. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. So let's go a little bit, uh, change course from like fat loss and and talk just a little bit more about you. So I want to know what someone might be surprised to learn about you as Susan. Okay. So, well, I guess I already kind of like mentioned it earlier, but I, I think on Instagram, I, do, I don't bring it up very much, but, and maybe people, maybe people would be surprised to know that I am a complete introvert and I can be super awkward. I was awkward. surprised about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can be super awkward to talk to in person. And I, I tend to shy away from in-person conversations. I love to be a homebody and go to bed at like eight or nine. I'm like an old lady. Anyway. <laughs> and like when we go to social gatherings, I, I tend to try to get out of there as soon as possible. Like I just, you know, I do have some level of like a little social anxiety and I'm a little, I'm definitely an introvert. And maybe this is why I love online coaching is because mm-hmm. it still feels very personable and yet I still get to be a homebody. And mm-hmm. this is also a reason why I do plan to train people in person in my home gym in the near future. Cause challenging myself to do things that might feel uncomfortable at first is really how I have grown and progress. So like in the beginning, like sharing my progress and my journey on Instagram was so out of my comfort zone. I remember when I, I, I put together this page, I had like three posts. I was going to, you know, get started on it. And I, it took me, I sat in my front room. I remember for like an hour looking at it and like tweaking things and being like, am I really going to post this? Like, I was just nervous about it. Like I did, I don't know. I just didn't necessarily, I didn't even know if I really wanted people to see my progress, but I also was seeing others do this and find that, 
you know, I guess I mentioned that I don't need accountability, but th- my level of accountability that really drove me was sharing through Instagram and finding mm-hmm. people online that were doing what I was doing. Cause the people like that were closest to me weren't necessarily on the same page as me, you know? And so finding those people that I could feel like I could connect with really help. But, you know, sharing my progress that way was out of my comfort zone. But because I did that, it led me down a path of like completely changing my life for the better. So, so yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. I was surprised. I, I yeah, mean, I know. I'm a huge extrovert. <laughs> I think just because I <laughs> share on Instagram, I think you assume that if yeah. someone's posting on Instagram, oh, they must be love, you know, they must be a real extrovert. Love the limelight. Love yeah. sharing. But like, and no, I'm like, it's definitely makes me feel a little uneasy, but it's also like made, helped me grow a lot. And I've mm-hmm. gotten a lot better at talking to people in person and even talking to you, Amber, on a podcast. <laughs> like I'm capable of doing hard things and it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago from like the, the yourself today, what would Uh it be? Um, so yeah, so I'd say, so let's see, 10 years ago, I was, what would I be? 26. And I had just had my, uh, let's see, my third of four babies. And I, at the time could care less about fitness. And I wouldn't have believed if someone would have told me that I would end up being a trainer and a coach and that I would find a passion for nutrition and weightlifting. Like, seriously, I wasn't into any of that back then, as I mentioned before, and I was just a terrible eater and I hated the gym. So I would tell my younger me that your future will surprise you in all the best ways and, you know, to not be afraid to put yourself out there and try something new and scary. And I would tell myself to eat more veggies and to still eat the cookies and that there, you know, is a happy medium to be found with eating and daily activity. I would, I would definitely tell myself that I don't have to run to be fit if I don't like it. Cause I was always like on the fence about running. It never really felt like something I could do very long term. Like I was dying and you know, but I would also tell myself that walking for exercise and well being is awesome. And it's not just for old people. Mm. And, um, lastly, I would tell myself that and this is something I wish I knew a lot earlier on is that weightlifting won't make you bulky Mm -hmm. and to not be afraid to get strong and to, you know, build some dang muscles on my tiny little body. So (laughs) I wish I, I wish I would have started a lot sooner, but at the same time, I think how things, you know, the timeline for me has happened for a reason and everything has progressed in the, in, you know, a, a timeline that is best fit for me in this time of my life. So I wouldn't change anything, but at the same time, I wish that I would have known some of these things earlier on. I could have gotten a little head start. <laughs> uh, I love it. Cool. So if someone's listening and they're like, I like this Susan, I want to go hang out with her on, on Instagram and on the social media platforms. Where can they find you? So, um, I, I'm just in two places. I'm on Instagram, um, at S danger fit and on my website at S Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Susan, this was so good. I I'm really excited for people to hear this because I think this thought that people think of like, it's too slow. It's not happening. Mm -hmm. It's not changing. I'm hoping that the things that they hear, uh, in our conversation help to kind of shift that in their mind about this process. Me too. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Bye. Wasn't that an amazing episode? I really hope that for those of you who are at that point in your in your journey where maybe you're struggling with seeing progress and maybe you're not seeing the progress that you expect to be happening, I hope that as you listen to Susan and my conversation, you are able to pull away things that will help you to 
keep that motivation, to keep reaching for those goals, to keep pushing for the things that you want. I want you to have dreams. I want you to have desires. I want you to have goals. And I really think as you can implement the things that we talked about, you're going to keep taking those little steps. And then the next step, and then the next step that is ultimately going to get you to that goal. And I just want to reiterate what I said in the episode, that you can either be a victim or you can get results. And you can't have both. And that's such an important concept to understand. Once you take control of your life, once you own your choices, once you recognize that you have a say in your life, now you can create the outcomes that you want. But if you sit here playing the victim, you're never ever going to get there. I hope this episode helped you out. Again, if this is something that spoke to you or you can think of somebody in your life who maybe is smack dab in the middle of a journey right now that may be struggling with seeing the progress that is happening, will you just shoot them a text, send this, share this with one of your friends and let's get it out to the people who really could benefit from this because I know that this can help people. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.